2: but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu.
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, bringing you another interesting, exciting, hopefully educational conversation with someone who is affiliated with the independent music scene. And the guest this week is a person who completely fits that bill. Because I mean, if they didn't, then I would be basically going back on everything I just told you about the show. But I promise I will deliver that to you. This is Mr. Toby Morse, who is the vocalist for a band called H2O, who is, uh, I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, they're legendary within the context of punk and hardcore. They've been at it for 20 plus years and uh, Toby has been a purveyor of everything positive and awesome within that music scene, ultimately spreading a positive message, which is is something that a lot of people that get drawn to independent music don't necessarily think of doing, even though you kind of can run on a few cliches when you do have the whole, you know, finger pointing positivity, cheese ball lyrics inserted here. Uh, but Toby, fortunately, does not fall into that trap. I was very excited to go over to his apartment one day, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get to you as far as the the context in which our interview took place after this, this fine little business snippet about the show. This is the final week of the fundraising month for 100 Words or Less. And I've kind of adapted a public radio model. So for those of you that regularly listen to the show... I, I apologize, but basically the month of April and the month of November, you will hear me begging for money. That's just a reality, and you're going to have to deal with it. And even if you give money, I, I apologize. I wish there's a way that I could filter out the <laughs> these pleas to the people who contribute regularly. So you can contribute in one of two ways. And ultimately, it isn't so much about the financial gains that I receive from the show. Because I honestly, I don't. I lose money on this thing, and that's fine. But ultimately, what it does is your dollar, $2, $10, $20 throws a vote towards this independent media. It's literally me and one other person that does this thing. There are companies and massive media organizations that raise millions of dollars to start stuff like this up. But I've been doing it for close to three years and have received a pretty solid listenership. Tens of thousands of you download the show each week. That gives me a sense of pride already. But you contributing some money towards this just showcases the fact that like, hey, this is worth my time and this is worth my effort to give you some of my hard-earned money. I just, I want to put it in context for you. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to line my own pockets and, and really try to you know, make this into something that uh, was never meant to be at the beginning because I will do this for years to come as long as I have the schedule and the time. You can contribute one of two ways. First of all, both of these things are in the show notes. So any sort of podcast catcher or what have you, click on the information and you'll be able to see two direct links. One of them is a way that you can do a monthly contribution fee. So if you do a dollar a month, that's $12 a year. That is like the easiest thing that you can do via patreon.com backslash XPurposeX. Or if you decide to do a one-time donation, you can do that on the website, 100wordspodcast.com. And then you can see on the right side of the page, there's a little yellow donate button. So please do that if you are a regular listener, if you are a one-time listener, whatever. If you are feeling the compulsion of just like, yes, here we go. Here it is in the t- the digital tip jar as it were. I appreciate you for doing that and thank you very much for all of you who've contributed this past month. Like it's I've really tried to make sure that this month has some really 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 high-profile guests and people that will hopefully be introduced to the show for the very first time and then all of a sudden be opened up to a whole different world of like, oh my gosh, there's like all these 150 some odd hours of other shows I could check out. So thank you for joining and hopefully you decide to contribute. Toby, I'm trying to think of the way that to best describe him. I, I've I've worked with him on and off for a couple of years and him and I have become friendly. I was a little hesitant to have him on based on the fact that Toby, as you will come to find out in the interview, and I kind of, you know, call him out on it, not in a bad way, just in a way where it's like, He's an extremely busy dude, and you can always tell his head's in many different places at once. And that's great because obviously, if it weren't for that, he wouldn't be able to achieve all that he's achieved. I'm always kind of nervous when I bring people in to this context to be like, hey, you're going to sit with me for an hour and hopefully you'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to have a, a serious discussion. The day came and, you know, show up at his house and, you know, he was whatever, 15 or so minutes late. Like I said, not throwing it against him to be like, dude, what the fuck, man? Why are you 15 minutes late? But I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to like dive right into this conversation. You know, he just came for lunch and then needs to go pick up his kid. And oh man, this isn't the ideal situation. But he blew my mind. He was like locked in, focused. Well, I don't think he was expecting me to have, I guess, as much either as much insight or as conversation points as I did towards him. And it, it was such a good conversation. So Toby revealed a lot about himself that I, honestly I never knew, and a lot of things about the band, and just so many great things. And I'll stop babbling. Here's my discussion with Toby Morris from H2O. I'm excited to bring it to you. So here it is, and I'll talk to you after the jump. <laughs> Kind of you know you your, okay. your music all that sort of stuff, but it, it the H2O obviously being existing for as long as it has like you you guys are ubiquitous. When when I mean like everybody that kind of gets into punk or hardcore is like kind of given a starter kit where it's like all right here's like you know twenty or thirty records and like you know maybe chronologically speaking okay and like H2O is usually you know included in that.
3: That'd um, be awesome. It's true.
1: I, yeah, no, I mean I, I, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. Okay. <laughs> but I think. It, you know, partially because obviously you still exist and put out music. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, you know, obviously keeps you relevant from that perspective. And this is kind of a sort of tacky, cliche question. But I'm sure it's one of those things where reflecting on kind of your band's legacy, like that's probably difficult for you to do. Like in the sense of like looking back on the band's like lifespan, mm-hmm. it's probably hard for you to put it in perspective because you're still like doing it. Totally, Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Is, um, it, is it one of those things where you, you look back on... Certain eras more fondly than others, or is it all just kind of
3: like jumbled together because <laughs> you've experienced so much? Um, is, there's, there's different highs and lows of our career. Yeah. You know, there's different, we're in different labels, and uh, we had crazy tours with uh, awesome bands. Right. Because um, when we first came out, it was, there was nobody really doing melodic kind of style hardcore in New York City. It Absolutely. was happening everywhere else, obviously. Because yeah. we were inspired by so many different bands. But when we first came out, it was pretty exciting because. A lot of the music was really um, like chugga-chugga. It was more like harder and yep. um, metal, more metal edge to it. And then we came out with our 7-inch, and we had a, like a love song on there. And people were just like, what? and because of me being a roadie, I guess, we sick of it all, of people hung out with or how it looked or whatever. People didn't expect the h sort to of sound like that. Right. And so when we came out, it was just like people were just like kind of taken back by it, but they really connected to it. I think it was kind of um, like a breath of fresh air for the, at that time sure. in 1995 right um so that was pretty exciting and in, in this in this getting to play with so many bands like our second show was a chrome our first show was murphy's law the second show was chrome Eggs, mm-hmm. and like all these people that i've known just from the scene when i didn't have a band all like just kind of um supported you probably. supporting us and like none of us are born in new york we all moved to new york i moved to new york in 88 and, and uh the rest of my band we all moved to new york and we didn't move together as a band. Like my brother was you already been out crowd. Sure. Yeah, so separate. So we all, we were born there, and, and to get not accepted, but taken under everybody's wings in the New York Harker scene. Like right right off the begin from the beginning, it, it was just it was an incredible feeling. So like the first couple shows and the first tour, of Murphy's Law. That was like our first real tour. Right. There's so many crazy things and so many awesome um, moments that I, I always have those memories and I think about stuff like that. Yeah, it is 20 years. It's, it doesn't seem like it's that long because everything seems it's kind of like fresh. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Do you, I'm sure there's
1: elements of your early years when you obviously were playing those shows that you probably were like, we probably have no business playing the show, but we are. Like, guess, did you have?
3: Did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we our our main thing was we go and we jump on shows because we. <laughs> so I remember us going to jump on a show. In Philly, with like Doc Hopper and maybe 108 or something, uh-huh. and, and we knew somebody there. and Let us play like three or four songs. <laughs> right, right. And uh, we did that a bunch. Yeah, we did. That, we did it a bunch.
1: Cause, <laughs> so you guys were the uh, you guys were the the band that showed up. and were like, oh, I guess I guess we'll put H2O on this thing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's only because our friends are playing. And we were trying right. to get gigs. They're like, so hey, like, come on out. Right. They hop on, play a couple of songs. That was super awesome. The one amazing memory of our first show is that. That my wife was there with her with her boyfriend, right? And we were just friends. Right. It's crazy that she would talk about it now. That like she took like an eighty dollar cab from Manhattan to come to the show and support because we were friends uh-huh. with a guy she was going to be marrying at the time, right? And but she were, was with someone else at the time uh-huh. right? <laughs> and like going to that show that, that's a pretty awesome memory yeah yeah of yeah that first show that and now
1: yeah i know that's incredible um like you mentioned you were not born
3: in in new york city where no. were you born and raised Taunton, mass okay and you moved up to new york city when you were like 14 15 or? 18 so i was born in taunton massachusetts and then i moved to newport rhode island where's taunton i don't even know where taunton is. it's it's like close to brockton kind of okay. near boston okay so I, I was born there, then I moved to Newport, Rhode Island, and then my mom got a job um, managing apartment complex in Southern Maryland. Okay. So then we moved there from my high school And Rusty Pistachio, my guitar player. He was the maintenance man there. Right. Shut the. He, idea. he was born there. I mean, he, he. I had no idea. Rusty had like a mullet and he was the maintenance man in the apartment complex. Right. And so we kind of be, became friends with him and like we, we were like full on skaters. Like we got into it really hard in Newport with the verbal assault guys and growing up with those guys. Right, right. uh Skating, wearing checkered pants and like bright Converse and stuff. So we came to this total southern part of Maryland where there was no skateboarding. Right. And then we were like one of the second. Times hanging out with Rusty, and my brother's like, oh, can I try your board? And Rusty had this really skinny Hobie skateboard. It's called Hobie, I think. Yeah. And my brother did like an ollie or something and broke it in half. And Rusty's sure. like, oh man, you broke my board. Right. And then <laughs> a couple months later, be, be friends with Rusty. He actually stole... Uh, I don't know if he stole... I wanna get b- b- Maybe borrowed. Yeah. Well, borrows, well I think he, I think the statute of limitation yeah. is okay right yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. He borrowed <laughs> <laughs> He borrowed wood from the maintenance shed. Okay, And yeah, he yeah. built us a quarter pipe. That's amazing. I'll send you pictures. Sure. And he got fired from his job. Oh, because he did that? Yeah, because did <laughs> that. And we had a sick quarter pipe in the apartment complex. It's amazing. And he, yeah, and they're like, hey, how, how did this
1: uh, get built? Oh, exactly. just uh, from
3: the shed of those, uh, those wood yes. pieces. So basically, it's crazy not to give us total process, We kind of brought skateboarding and punk rock to St. Mary's County, Maryland. Yeah. Because now there's skate parks there. We met so many people because of that. Um, well, because you, you were obviously
1: taking, because you were moving so much, you were taking all these influences that you kind of yes. learned in other places and kind yes. of, you know, we're like, hey, this is what we were into before. And everyone's like, what is that new shit, man? Like, like, exactly, cool. Skateboarding hadn't hit
3: there yet. Right. Let's see,
1: 83, yeah, yeah. And so what what was your 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 family
3: structure like growing up? Like, you know, m- mom, dad, like brothers, like how how was that all? Uh, so when I was three, my dad died. Okay. When uh, he was 33 years old, of a rare heart condition. Um. So you probably have no like. Do you have any memories of him? I got. I got photos. I got stories. That's all really. That's I all have. you have. Yeah. My two brothers have the most memories ever because they're oldest, obviously. Okay. But I, I got key. Some key awesome stories about him. So you're the youngest of three. Youngest. Okay. So as soon as that happened, my mom started like really working like two or three jobs. Yeah. And you had like babysitters and nannies and that's my grandma, my my grandma, and my grandpa were a big part of my life. That's huge. Big part of my life. I go there every single weekend, every Saturday, they buy me a Matchbox car at Bradley's. That was my thing. I get a Matchbox car every Saturday. Right, right. Something to look forward um, to. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that... I thank my. I always thank my brothers for scaring me straight because my, my mom was working and my brothers were watching me. Uh-huh. And they'd have their parties in the house. They had people over. Sure. They'd well, be, yeah, they,
1: You mean you were? You guys were latchkey kids, so you yeah. could kind of do whatever you wanted. So
3: they'd be drinking. there would be stuff going on in the house. But they're the ones that got me into skateboarding. They're the ones that got me into punk rock. Okay. So that, that that's one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me because of my brothers. Right. They turned me on to that.
1: They were they were they were your ushers, so to speak. Because everybody ushers. needs everybody needs that either older brother, older sibling, like weirdo at a record store. You need that one yeah. sort of person being like, yo,
3: like here's here's the good stuff. Exactly. And it was my brothers. So it was amazing. So that, that was awesome. And um, so yeah, my grand my grandparents are a big part of my life. And yeah. uh, we moved around. Obviously, we moved to Maryland just for that job. Right. And because of that, I met Rusty, I met so many people. Then we started going to like... Shows in Washington, D.C. D. Sure. Getting to see that part of like the like the uh, mid, late 80s of all the great crazy stuff in Washington, D.C. I saw Embrace, saw so many great bands, Rites of Spring, uh, Fugazi's Fifth Show. I have the, the lyric sheet. He was handing out lyric sheets at the show. <laughs> right, that's what they did. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I got the, t- and then Verbal Assault in Rhode Island. So I got like some Massachusetts, I was super young, but I got the Rhode Island, which is like the Verbal Assault, Vicious Circle, Positive the Kids. Yeah. That's what really got me into it and then moved to maryland got to go to dc mm-hmm. and then i moved to new york by myself when i was 18 right it, it strikes me too where because
1: i think partially probably because of what your brothers did for you you were not cuz <clears throat> most kids like when they first started getting into music they kind of stick to their one or two lanes you know they're yeah. like oh yeah i'm a hardcore kid like you were listening to a wide variety of stuff probably just because you all defined it as like hardcore in some capacity yeah yeah so like you 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 seem to always and still to this day like you're you're you know you, the way that you display your musical taste where it's just like oh yeah Coldplay's one of my favorite bands and like oh, yeah. you're unabashed about like what you like and i think that's that's an important point because i think you know whatever a 14 year old kid that feels shamed because they like like a certain record because it's a guilty pleasure yeah. you're just like no no it's, it's fine
3: it's okay <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i was into i was into like then then when i, I got really into like hip-hop when i moved to new york right but I was more like, like punk rock, and I liked the fast punk rock that I could skate to, yep. and then the skate rock cassettes, sure. skate to that stuff. But then I, I didn't hate my mom. I, I, well, I didn't know what Anna Key in the UK was, and a lot of that punk rock that I liked, it was aggressive. I couldn't relate lyrically to it. Right. So then that's when I went, found Seven Seconds, and then found Minor Threat. The found stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I found the bands that actually had a, a message that I could relate to, because I, I, I hadn't tried anything when I heard I heard Minor Threat for the first time. I was like... Twelve or thirteen, I didn't try anything anyway. And I saw my brothers, and I was like, it scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh my god, You're like I don't want to be like that. Give me they, they were just messy. It wasn't crazy, but like right. I just saw them drinking. I was like, oh my god, that's so crazy. Yeah, my that mom smoked cigarettes. My mom drank, uh-huh. but like, uh, my mom just told me actually recently this past year that she was. Chain smoking cigarettes the whole, all three pregnancies, which is kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> we'll do, but to put that to put that in context, that's a different time or place. My mom yeah. smoked up until she was like four or five months pregnant with okay. me. I, I joke around with her all the time where I'm just like, You gave me asthma, mom. You gave me So you, <laughs> you could- have asthma? I do have asthma. Oh, so you, wow. you, anything that goes wrong with your body, you can just blame on your mom.
3: Wow, that's crazy. I'm lucky, man. I'm doing good, I'm doing good right now. <laughs> the, but maybe uh, that's why I never wanted to try anything. I don't no, know. No, it's man. true. Well,
1: because you you were surrounded by it and it just I I presume in some capacity it just didn't look fun.
3: It didn't. And then when I heard then when I heard Minor Threat telling me like you don't have to do that and be cool and I was right. like, Oh my god, I'm not I'm not the outcast, I'm yeah. not the weirdo. You're like there's other people that are doing this. So yeah, then I meant more people like that. Right, right you um correct me if i'm wrong here
1: but you uh and still to this day like there there is a youthful energy about you and also i would dare say like a very add nature to yourself sure do you were you ever <laughs> were you ever like diagnosed nope. or is it one of those things where it was just like because you were so active it was like yeah that's how he gets out all his stuff you know what
3: I think my mom might have put me on something maybe, if I think about it now. But not it wasn't called A D D back then. No,
1: you didn't that yeah, that term didn't uh, exist until much later. But
3: I, um I was it was just a super hyper spazzy kid. Right. My wife swears I don't have A D D. My friends have OCD, ADD <laughs> My wife's been married to me almost twenty years. She knows me better than anybody knows you. else. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm just all over the place. Right. I've always been a hyper person. Yeah. And uh, that's why I can't drink coffee and stuff like that. I'll go really crazy. I can't. I couldn't even fathom you on like any any <laughs> stimulant. Like you would pe- be people dare pe- people like. <laughs> I probably drank coffee. Honestly, I'll be able to see. Maybe coffee less than ten le- times. Le- less less than fifteen times my entire life. Right, right, right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
2: We all want more time in our lives. You know whether it's like dang, I wish I had like another hour to, you know, play video games or read more or get outside or whatever it is. I know myself that I actually get questions a lot in regards to this podcast. How do you fit it in your day? And like, how do you do the interviews and all that stuff to be able to then balance the rest of my life from my work and, you know, playing in a band and I have a family, all of these things. But that is why therapy is so awesome, because it helps you be able to sort out your life to focus on the things that, for one, really matter to you, and two, try to find more time for those things that you love. That is why I love working with BetterHelp, because if you need to find a therapist, they're there for you. So give them a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient for you, and they can be suited to your schedule and you fill out a brief questionnaire, matches you up with your own personal therapist, and if you do not like that experience, you can switch it. No problem. No questions asked. It's great. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. It's an offer just for you, the listener of this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray
4: Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
1: You're probably
3: just humming. You were probably existing at some different plane where people were like, what, I don't eat. Like- but the people that have seen me on coffee, they tell other people about it and they, they want to have me do that in front of them to show them how it happens to me. <laughs>
1: how this how this stimulant works
3: yeah so yeah i've always been hyper always been like that i'm all over the place right i'm right. super super focused but i'm also a spaz uh th-
1: that that is kind of different from you know uh, other people that are obviously like hyper and, and really you know kind of bouncing off the walls you seem also like you can kind of you can focus too where it's yes. like when kind of the rubber hits the road where you're like oh like i, I have to do this now yes. you're able to kind of like accomplish it like the follow-through
3: yes which that's I can hard do follow through i have a lot of lists around the house right um one more that's not those i guess that's ocd but one more thing i want to say i don't want to say, i don't want to ever say i have ADD or, or ocd because i did that recently yeah and somebody they really had to hit me up on twitter and they really bummed it i, was, I wasn't making fun i was just saying that people would tell me i have it yeah 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 and i'm not i've never been diagnosed with this so i'm not going to claim that i have no that. no no right yeah you're, you're it's not a misrep- serious issue it is it is it's yeah, really yeah. serious and like it really affects people it
1: absolutely does yeah yeah no, no. that's i i just wanted to put it out there because it was okay. one of those one of those things where i was like you know this i, I i'm just curious for myself so obviously as as the band kind of you know started started playing shows in new york and you obviously started to you know pick up steam and and, and momentum like you said you were immediately drawn to all the positive aspects of you know music and and uh, the lyrics and stuff like
3: that yeah so but i like the aggressiveness of it too right
1: but the, the positivity behind it yeah, but
3: i also like the street stuff i love the chromags and they i like right. all that stuff too because I knew them and I was living in New York going to CB's every weekend hanging out hanging out with them seeing them around and knowing that these guys really live that stuff. So I was just right. like this is some real right. this is some different style hardcore. Right. This isn't like the stuff I heard in Rhode Island or the stuff I heard in DC. Mm-hmm. This is a different edge to it here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is a whole different beast.
3: It is. And different it, energy.
1: The thing that I've always found interesting about about you in particular was the fact that because like positivity, you know, essentially runs through your veins and you obviously promote that the yeah. lifestyle you know violence has circled the band because of its atmosphere totally and how I is that
3: hip-hop gangster rap too right how is, is that everything.
1: <laughs> because you were like you said you were literally being raised i mean coming up in the hardcore scene around yeah. people who were affiliated with gangs and doing like serious crimes and yeah. how was it one of those things where you were able to kind of like you know, I guess reconcile that in your head where you're like, I can be friends and be supportive with these people, even mm-hmm. though I myself am not necessarily a violent person. You know?
3: Yeah, I feel like I-, I met all kinds of people, and when I moved to New York, that was such a reality because I was 18 years old, I was by myself. Yeah, I was you were probably pen- clueless. I was a pen pal <laughs> with Timmy Chunks from Token Entry that I met a couple times in real life at shows in DC. He said, "Come move to Queens." It was one of my favorite bands. I moved here. I got dropped up at CBGB's by my friend, Dave Weisskopf Right. with all my luggage at a token entry show at CBGB's. And then I had never been in, I've only been there once as a kid with my uncles. Right. And it was so scary. You're sure. It was a crazy show. i am moving to Flushing Queens. I have no job. I have nothing. I want to do something in music. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Was, I see crazy fights at CBGB's. Right. People got stabbed. It was just a, a whole different element, but like, I, I guess I maneuvered pretty well. And also I, I it's funny because a lot of the older guys and a lot of the guys in the scene, they make all oh, they would like oh this little this Toby from this is a little hick from Maryland right but like, I wasn't from Maryland I was from Massachusetts <laughs> right but since I came so they, they Mar- labeled you as a hick they, yeah, they thought this mess with me yeah 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 no but I know at the same time they took me under their wing and it's like I, I feel like New York City gets one of the worst reps for being a violent place definitely when in actuality. It wasn't like that. It, it wasn't even... I mean, it, it was... Cra- yes, there was violence. Yes, it was crazy. But there's sure. cities all over the country that crazy stuff was happening. Of course. And people that I met, and the I, I see the good in everybody, and the people that I met took care of me, and, they, and everybody was like a big brother to me. Sure. And obviously, people... And, and and people that maybe they do stand up for themselves, so maybe they do don't take shit from people or don't are not passive aggressive about it. If people, you know, I, I realized a lot of dudes in New York, they, they were real dudes, like they held their ground and they take <sighs> shit from people. Yeah. and I was like, I respect that because some people don't do that. Well,
1: I think because I, I think the important point in there is the fact that you said that that was their reality, like that's that was their yeah, and it wasn't mine
3: because I didn't grow up there. Precisely. So, so I that, mean, that made
1: it easier for you to kind of like obviously not be influenced by that and not like you know fall. But I respected it because because sure. it,
3: it's because it's real stuff and right. it comes from a real place. And that, I think that that that's what kind of differentiates New York hardcore to a lot of the scenes. Yeah, because New York City in the '80s was gnarly. Yeah, I'm sure it was in Chicago and Detroit too. But yeah, all yeah. I know is I lived in New York then. That was your reality, right? And right. I saw that, and, and and there was a reason why the music was more aggressive.
1: Right. Oh yeah, of course. Like it was a, completely a product of, of of everything that was surrounding but it.
3: I, but like I'm listening, but I'm listening to nwa i'm listening to seven seconds <laughs> for soul force revolution right i'm listening to krs1 i'm going to eric b and rock m shows i'm um, gonna go see bold play like I you were all, just
1: you're just shoving everything in your head i,
3: I, I took it on i loved it all yeah i I, I, lo- I loved i mean i love hip-hop that's like one of my i, I loved hip-hop it connected yep. to me i used to, i was oh yeah i was teaching break dancing in southern maryland at teen scene you were teaching play- break dancing place called teen <laughs> scene this is I, I this the pick out teen scene I was teaching breakdancing. Okay. I I was breakdancing at my prom. I was the prom king. I was wearing plastic see-through pants that, at my
1: prom. You saying you're the prom king does That's, not surprise me at all. I was all. the prom
3: king, the school jester. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. Well because I'm sure most people were just like, "Hey, like Toby, Toby's kind of the, the the funny guy." And then if you break was. out a if you break out a, a, a you know, a cardboard box and you start breakdancing, how could you lose? I
3: was But in school <laughs> I'll we'll go back and forth cuz so I'm going to be rambling now. But in high school, no, in school I was really uh, I I I skipped school a lot. I skated right. a lot. All I cared about was skateboarding, and right. I was skin music. For that. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I was so punk—not close-minded mm. punk—but I was. The jocks were messing me, and I was so anti any sport that I would never dress down for gym. I failed gym for three years straight, straight ass. Oh, you were one my of mom, those kids. My mom had to go to the school. I refused to wear gym shorts. Right. I just wore my pants. I would never. I would never take part in gym I got right. straight ass My mom was bawling. <laughs> I remember going to the school having like a meeting with the principal. Sure. I was like, I refuse to be part. That's not me. I'm a skateboarder. I'll mess with that. I'm wow. not I'm not doing gym. Right. So I got really bad grades and then I found I got my first girlfriend fell in love in my senior year and then my grades started crushing i wasn't i wasn't you were motivated i was motivated i was the prom king the school jester
1: that's impressive and it's
3: crazy my school was so segregated that if you look in the class of 1988 in my yearbook which i don't have i gotta find it it's it's literally it's it's so segregated it's like black black people on one side white in on the other on with the black side or in the middle with a white uniform choice hoodie on right. swear to god because you
1: you, you you strike me as a person obviously we're able to mingle with a lot of different people
3: yeah. Like, and it was the first time I experienced racism. That, that was not tolerated how I grew up in my household or anywhere. Yeah. And then I got into punk rock and it was definitely not tolerated. But then I went to Southern Maryland where everything was so segregated uh-huh. and people were saying the N-word and it wasn't on a rap song. and right. like, I was hearing all this shit and it was just like, it, it, that was a real culture shock for me. Sure. And yeah, then went from that open. to fucking New York City, which is a, a, a insane culture, all cultures. So
1: what, you know, since you moved out when you were 18, was it one of those things where you, you felt that, like, I just got to get out of here? Like I gotta Oh, my exp- mom,
3: throw my mom in the bus because my mom's amazing. Okay. She just told me if I didn't have a... My, I was supposed to have a job by a certain time. Oh and yeah, I, and I got and I got the I, I don't want to go there, but yeah, shit. so I, I got kicked out. Right, because you, you
1: didn't I, live up to your end of the bargain. Is that a I safe didn't? But then
3: I got a job at the steakhouse washing dishes. Okay, you know, and, you, and I was right. a vegetarian. I remember I got a job at Subway. They ordered me a long sleeve shirt because of my Meat is Murder GB tattoo it was the only thing on my forum. They made me wear a long sleeve Subway shirt. <laughs> they would not let me have the tattoo. It was yeah up there. Sure, sure. Okay, yeah, so back to it. it Keep me out. Blah blah blah. Right. And I was just like, all I liked was New York. I was like, I gotta go to New York. This is the melting That was pot. The, that was where the beacon. Yeah, you were you. Were, I gotta go to right. New York. I okay. know one, two, twenty-two, three people there. I met sick of it all a couple times. Right. I'm going to New York. That's my goal. And I just went there. And I remember like living in my girlfriend's attic. They put me up there in her attic, Shelly Shackley, my, my the girl I was with in high school, and living there. And then I had to. She had a long winding road, like the movies, like a gravelly road and i remember saying goodbye on the porch we were gonna we would continue our relationship to being pen pals and that didn't even really didn't last that long oh I, yeah that's I got ha- the dear john letter right and um <laughs> toby this is time for me to move on and it was only it wasn't even i feel like it wasn't even a year right i'm um, living in queens and i moved to new york and yeah i just did it because i wanted to go there i ended up working with Pete and Lou Sick of it all at Concrete Marketing. I worked at Roadrunner Records. I worked at all these jobs. In yeah, the you were hustling. Rooms. Sure. Yeah, like, like, oh, my God, promoting. I mean, we got the Cases of the Pearl Jam and the Vonica sets in. Sure. And, this, and um, Temple of the Dog sets. <laughs>
1: so so while what, I was
3: working all these different Right, just me trying
1: to make ends meet. What, what was the worst job you held in New York City at the time when you were trying to, uh,
3: you know, know kind of piece things together? Or did you generally enjoy I mean, you, me, Isaac, Sick of it all, and Pete Sick of it all. Okay. We were building the Sound Factory on Fifty Fourth Street. Wow! All summer long with <laughs> construction helmets, all that, and then we found out there was asbestos in there or something. <laughs> oh, and I remember Isaac's like, like we're on the elevator looking down, and he like clocks us out. He's like, he's like, we're out of here. We're like, what happened? He's like, we're out of here, and he clocked us all out. I remember like walking up the hill in Fifty Fourth Street. Going, oh my god, we all just quit together. This is awesome, but now what am I going to do? Right. But like we worked it all. summer. it was so. It was just like disgusting, just brutal work. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then I ended up being a roadie. Going Doing weekend stuff for the um, killing, time. No, for sure. killing Time. No, it was Killing Time first. I did some stuff with Underdog with Token Entry, like just out of town, like Connecticut and Pennsylvania things. And then sick of it all. Sure. And then that was just like... That was the they, entry they, point they for me everything. me out of America, man.
1: Sure. You know, kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Once the idea of once H2O started yeah. to you know be able to tour and you, you you were able to, you know, quote unquote, you know, make a living out of it, yeah. whatever that meant. You know, I'm sure it's difficult to like pinpoint exactly. But when in your own head where you just like, Oh wow, this band feels
3: like real. Like people are paying attention to it. Like (sighs) Um probably uh there was we played a show at the Wetlands. It Mm -hmm. was a great venue in New York. And I guess Dickie Barrett was here from the Boston's, and we I didn't know it. I met him. I saw Impact Unit as a kid. Sure. And Monday morning, our manager, whoever it was at the time, got a phone call, like, oh, Dickie Barrett was at your show. He loved you guys. I want to take you on a tour. And they took us like that's when I realized like People were paying attention to us, not not just because it was him, but obviously the yeah. shows were getting better. Sure. There was packing shows, selling out shows. But then, like Dickie Bear, they took us on this tour, and like we were on tour, like opening for the Boston's, and then they took us on tour again when, um, let's face it, was blowing up. Sure. And those guys taught us like how to treat other bands, how to just be. Just, they're like the epitome of what bands. Should be sure They're the sweetest, most awesome guys. Even before that record blew up, they were still humble, taking care of us, and like yeah, yeah. They took us all around the country. They showed you the ropes. They of like us, this they sh- is what's up. They showed us the ropes. You know, like I- I'd seen the ropes as a roadie's perspective. Was sick of it all behind the scenes. Sure. And then when when that came, we get their phone call, and then just because Dicky liked the show, they take you on tour. Like that's amazing. That's right. like the bootstrap theory. You know, like so all of a sudden we're them, and then we're going toward the Misfits, and then then we then like for us it was like we're like we're not just gonna played with hardcore bands. Right. We, we have a message. We want, it. we want to go further with our message and we don't want to just like preach to the Converter which is great. We love that. That's what got us where we are now but like right. we did tours with like You Found Glory, Sum 41. Right. You, uh, do you, a, you did a lot of tours that story of the year most and,
1: most bands would probably be scared of based on the fact yeah like, i was
3: scared too but i like the challenge because yeah? I, I, I you
1: like I, playing in front of a room that's a little that you have to kind of convince to like you yeah, and i still
3: get nervous going on stage sometimes but like i i i wanted the challenge i, I wanted to like win these kids over like they'd be like this and then by the end all they be doing a circle <laughs> or they're jumping or they're clapping right you know it's like i love that i love that about our band i love that we, we weren't scared of that stuff and like yeah we're open-minded guys, and like we would like do YouTube. Like if there was a fighter show, we play with or without you, or we sing a song called "There's a Dick in the Pit, Kick Him Out." Right. right. Like we stop every show if there's a fight. Like people knew you come to our shows. We're not, we're not about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you'd yeah. be called out. Right. We're not going to tolerate it. Right. So um, doing that with the Boston's and like a huge crowd and like. Just seeing if that connection worked with a whole different audience, that was that's an amazing feeling.
1: Your mom obviously saw you starting to, you know, establish yourself like yeah. in a band with a band and stuff like that. Was it one of those things like as as you were going off to New York, she was just like well, there's Toby. Goes like, oh, this is scary. But like, you know, how how did she feel as your band started to become, you know, whatever
3: successful? And like, she's- she she's super proud. Like, we've had we've had a couple emotional uh, stage moments where I brought on stage before I do song five year plan. where right. I talk about on the song, and that's been really emotional. Yeah, she's super proud of all of her, all three of us. Yeah, and it's crazy because when that started happening, like. A bunch of cousins I never even knew started coming out of the work in Massachusetts. <laughs> like a lot of cousins that were on my my dad's side who I never met. Yeah. All these morses are coming out. Right. And like my mom was coming to the show and she's like trying to tell us to explain that who they are and this and that. But like right. um my mom's super proud and she lives out here now, where all all of her boys are out here. Right. But she she worked really hard to raise us, keep a roof over our head, and she did a really great job having three boys. I can't even imagine that. And, well, yeah, and having I'm, one boy with my wife. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure um, I'm sure it's one of those things too where you
1: probably probably being a father and seeing how um, imperfect like parents are, yeah. like you have no idea what you're doing, yeah. but like when you're a kid, you look up to your parents like, Oh my gosh, like this is yeah. the thing. Did, did the, did that moment ever wash over you where you were like, dude, my mom was like trying the best that she could with, the, with what she had. I
3: mean, now looking back as a parent, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. hell yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's especially for, for um, what kind of, I'm trying to think of the word I want going to use for that. Sure. I'm saying she had nothing in right. the seventies and sixties and seventies. And, she she did with she did with three boys, yep. and I feel like it's way easier now. Mm-hmm. Just having one boy, absolutely. Even with two parents, but i was saying like it was hard for like me to get babysitters or like whatever the wage she was getting per hour back then, right. Or what kind of job she was doing. She would take any any job, and I know parents would do that now if they had to they'd do anything to take care of their children. Yep. But I just feel like my mom sacrificed a lot, and she never really found true love again. Like my dad was like. That was hers. Her, her dude. Yeah. You know, she married once before, and the guy was a total jerk, and all three boys didn't like him. Okay. It just wasn't the right fit, but my mom never found... So she she got married after your dad had passed away, like a new guy was yeah. introduced to the equation? That's
1: Ross This guy, Bill Greco, who's a real jerk. Right. Um. <laughs> I could easily see... I mean, that's a scary environment where the, the dude comes in, meets three boys who are like super rambunctious yeah. and are like...
3: Ready to get him out of here. I know. And so he was obviously. My brother Todd was a wild kid too, man. He was getting arrested a lot and being crazy in the streets. Right, right. Both my brothers, man, were crazy story. I don't want to go there, but my brother was like a wild surfer, like uh-huh. surf punk. Literally. How much? How
1: much older were they than you? I won't coach you on it. As long as you're in the the vicinity, yeah. I think
3: Todd's like Todd's three years older than me, and my brother Tracy is. Four Five years older than me. Okay, and
1: they've been able to navigate to where That's they are. Wrong. One's three years, one's four years. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, it's yeah. At that point, it's um, it's fine.
3: But it's crazy how we all ended up in New York for a minute, and then all in California now. It's kind yeah. of crazy how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Completely unintentionally, I'm sure. Because I was the first one to go. Mm-hmm. I remember Tracy moved to Maryland, and he's like, he was old enough to like not say, "He's like, f this, I'm fucking out of here, man. This place sucks. <laughs> right. Went back to Newport. <laughs> he went back to Rhode Island. Sure. I went to New York, and then later on, Todd has been Alcrow ended up moving up there. Okay. To try to really focus on their career. And I was already up there with H2O. Sure. It's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I just saw a flyer from our first CBGB show where we opened up the show as a blackout showcase and Outcrow was like up there. Right. And now there's two guys in the band. It's Because
1: just- I'm sure this is something that, especially because like H2O has existed for a long time, I'm sure it's something that you guys probably have internal conversations or maybe internal conversations in your own head because you don't, you don't want to be one of those bands that overstays or welcome. Yes and, and, and like not in a mean way But it's like yep. you, you know you, you see bands that are out there Kind of like grasping at straws yep. Being like Oh hey let's do a 10 year tour For a record that is like Really irrelevant Like no one really let, You know Yes So I'm sure w- What thoughts do you have in your head As far as like You know Not saying that like Oh if, if you don't have fun anymore You're going to break up the band tomorrow But like no. what well, You know it, that, I'm sure that's a conscious thought In your head It is a
3: conscious Here's the thing I always say that when kids stop coming to see us, we'll stop playing. Right, and it's crazy because we are very lucky, man. We made a record on MCA that some people liked, some people hated. It was we took a big chance on that record. Oh, you did. After that, we got so burnt on touring because we were nonstop since the first album. Right. Then we took a seven-year hi- hiatus. In the hiatus, we did play shows, but didn't make any music. Right. I had a son. Moved to California. We t- kind of just just stopped making music for a while. Just trying to like focus and. Then we did nothing to prove seven years ago. Right, that record's been one of our biggest records that we have ever made, right. and and we were so focused on America. We're from, we, we want to be really bigger in America. We just focus on America. And we canceled so many European tours. We didn't want to go to <laughs> Europe. All of our friends were going there, killing it, <laughs> paving away. Absolutely, the way, yeah. And we never did that, and then we then we started going seven years ago, nonstop, and like their record really connect over there. Absolutely. So now it's like we're like almost a new band overseas. Uh huh. We still, we, America is still awesome, but I feel like I think it's 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 not on purpose that we're doing seven years between records, sure. but it really helped. It really it really worked. Yeah, 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 It gelled into that, so that really worked for us. Yeah, and like I, I, obviously I don't. It is twenty years right now, but it's like obviously yeah. You don't want to flog a dead horse. You don't want to like yeah. play yourselves out. But like kids are still stoked and we're just stoked to making a new record, doing a record with Chad. Right, and they're stoked on it. And we are going to try to make the best record we can. You only good as your last record. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we'll see what happens. Like for us, it's like. We don't have any stress. There's no really stress right. of what we're doing. We still go out and play shows a lot. Right, like I just booked this for the rest of the year. And that's before even the record's even going to come out right. this year yeah. on the 20-year stuff. And uh, we're very blessed. There's still young kids. And now it's like kids come to our shows that grew up seeing us. Now they have children. Now children are children. They're Generationally
1: old. speaking. Yeah, So yeah, it's yeah.
3: like, yeah, I feel like if we did put records out every single year, nonstop for 20 years, it might be a different story, right? But right. we had that break. You
1: had the recharge, and I feel was, like
3: we worked really hard enough to improve, and that record really connected. So. Right, right.
1: When you took when you took that break, I'm sure um, was there. You know, I guess because you are so obviously identified. you're Toby H2O mm-hmm. like but i i mean and this you know correct me if i'm wrong but like i i don't look at you as having real um, an inflated ego i mean you have an ego but not mm-hmm. in a bad way yeah. i would label it as was it diff- <laughs> was it was it difficult I don't really, but yeah i know but yeah. it was was it difficult for you to kind of you know once once the major label record obviously quote unquote didn't work from a commercial yeah. perspective was it difficult for you to be be kind of like well, we're going to put this in the shelf for a
3: while. It's a weird place for me in my life. I was moving here. We were so burnt. We love each other. We're brothers, but we were non-stop touring. Yeah. So that record was just like, you know, I love I love a lot of I love Matt Wallace. I mean, Tar friend, that was Tar friend's dream to pick Matt Wallace who did Faith the More replacements albums. Sure. He picked him and it worked. Right. And that and uh, Matt Wallace was actually about to not really produce anymore and then all of a sudden this band called Maroon 5 hit him up yeah, right yeah. after us and changed his life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to put that story because I'm so happy for Matt Wallace. <laughs> of course. But like That was a weird time recording that right next to Guns N' Roses in the room next to us. We were out here in California recording that record. Yeah, you're like, what are we doing here? It it was crazy. (laughs) And like, when I I did nothing to prove, like, I was like, I'm writing, I'm putting all my heart on every single lyric. And I just, that record was super important to me. Well, you were just,
1: I mean, that's that's so, uh, for a person who's. That's what you do in the band. like To be removed from that. But I
3: was so burnt when it came to doing that. And, it made, and this it was just a crazy time. Like, yeah, yeah. It was just like, like I said, you only grew your last record. And we were, compared to people, we were shit because we right. liked that record. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yo, and we're, we're, we're pretty terrible. Improved. And that was just, oh shit, this is the age story I remember. Oh yeah, oh, they're good again. Right, this right, right. This is the age story I remember. This, and, yeah. and Chad gets it and he like... He knows what he loves about the band, and so like having him in that time, it was perfect. And now it's like I told him, I'm never doing another record unless it lessons with you, right, right, because he gets it. And like, yeah, he gets I know, it comes from the same it. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the so I mean, after that, I mean, I was working at Golden Voice. I was. I was pushing people's gear that were taking pictures of me and saying that their band uh, opened up for me, and it was like it was, I, I, I liked it. I yeah. was having all my friends work there. I was I was be, now I went from roadie to frontman to like actually production, really man. behind the scenes, right, right, right. And I met a lot of people through Golden Voice. It was a front experience. I did it for almost a year, uh-huh. and now it was like, and then we started at Hazen Street, and then we toured on that, and like, right, right. Then it all yeah. Then it you just, were able. And to... I was like once again, I was like God, we're gonna do another H.O. record. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoy- I miss this now. It's like right. I feel like it's the, the time. A
1: few, a few last things. Before before I let you go was the' um, this is great you're like I'm an Oprah I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you just compared me to Oprah that's yeah. spectacular your family is obviously such a solid focus of, yeah. of your life I mean you make it very clear and obviously your marriage and, and your yep. son um, is it one of those things where it's like because they're there and they're obviously supportive it makes you feel like you're you're rooted to a real life because I, I see a lot of people yeah. a lot of people that you know that kind of get into the system and get in a band and they don't they exist on tour 10 to 11 months out of the year sometimes they don't even know what it's like to be like a real quote unquote human. You yeah, know? Was, like that,
3: that was a hard transition for me to be honest. That was yeah. that was a real reality because this is reality and tourist fantasy. And to, I toured so much that that break was a hard reality for me. Mm-hmm. You know, going to go doing the Golden Voice job was great. It was awesome, but doing that kind of work and just like not touring and like right. we, we did we did some shows here and there. But it, yeah, it was definitely getting back into reality. Like because when my son was just born, I went on tour for like. I don't know, nine weeks with Hazen Street. Right. But my wife said, that's the best time to go. He barely even knows, you know what I'm saying? He's just a baby. No, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But coming back to that and then like getting back in the gist of it now i'm like a full-time carpooling dad like i love being yeah, home yeah. you but missed I, your mom but I, but now also i get the itch to go play shows too I, I i have a good balance i'm very blessed because i do um be able to take my son to europe this summer if i want to go right. oh, my wife was selling merch for us for like i don't know 16 years having <laughs> right. my wife with me and then it went from not having my wife with me to actually being on tour without my wife and i have a son at home right so that reality was totally hard but but coming back and being and being home and this kind of it, it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely it was hard. It still gets hard. Like Roger Russiasty he's like, man, we're gonna play some shows again. We've been home for too long. Like, yeah, we've been home for like two months. But yeah, I'm, you're like, but y- I. But you get you get used to it, and I love it. I I love playing shows. I love I love being in a band. I'm lucky. It's still happening in 20 years it's not going to be forever i know that right and i'm not going to drag it into the mud and i'm not going to play shows and people don't care but people still seem to care right. and that makes me happy yeah I know for but, sure but, but being home and being a dad and being domesticated, and then going on tour with a bunch of animals right. and i come home swearing like a sailor my son's charging me a dollar for fuck word right all that he's making, got the making hundreds of dollars off me <laughs> and then like and then like when, and then when i'm home for like a month or two moons like, okay
0: enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
4: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms.
3: okay you're still acting like a sailor like you're st- you've been home for a while enough of this where it works. yeah but, but like you
1: get on tour and it's just like there's no rules it's like no 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 my it, wife always whenever <clears> I would come home from tour my wife would always give me like a three day buffer she was like that's good. you're gonna have your three days of like you know you're doing stupid shit like you're not cleaning up after yourself and it's like and then after the end of three days I'm gonna start calling you out I'm like uh, that makes
3: sense that's a good point <laughs> because th- there is also transition there when you say your wife's home with, with your son or you or just home by herself right. and she's got her life going on absolutely and you're calling like every day I miss you baby how you doing she's like right and you're like at a show or you're somewhere yeah and she's just trying to maintain the house of course in her life and then you come home and you're like all riled up from tour right and like you <laughs> want to take your son to the movies on a school night and just want to be in the mix totally i you, want to still have fun but my, but my wife right. and my wife is always like listen i have my schedule now, now you have to ease back into my schedule yeah, because yeah, yeah. i'm the single parent right here right and so you've been gone right i don't know if it's a true story or not and we could look up after, he, but we, I just heard recently that Bono's wife okay. makes him go to hotel for like two days before he comes to the house when he's off tour wow. to unwind. This is sure. I just heard recently. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. pretty amazing. And yeah. I, I, I totally can relate to that. Absolutely, because when I get home, because like, you're coming in for a crash landing. Yeah, that's all I you am, do. And I'm like texting myself, like, "Oh, this movies coming. I'm doing movies this week." Because like, when I get home, I want to get. Because I feel guilty, and when I'm home, you can ask any of my fucking friends. They ask me, I never go out. I'm like a hermit. Like right. I feel like, and Moon's like, "All well, your friends." I'm always feel like I leave so much. I feel so good. I'm you making just up for lost time course. Yeah, yeah but I yeah, feel yeah. like really going out She's like hey, Go out with your friends I'm like yeah But my, I'm with my friends In my band When I'm on tour When I'm totally. home I feel like I just want to be like home And yeah. like you go I have fun with your friends You go Because right. that, that, that's what makes a marriage And that's the balance of that's it the, you know? That's the pull that I'm sure you feel It is yeah, yeah, and yeah. So yeah they're, they're, like Back to the question Because I'm random Because I have ADD, OCD I, I, Which I really don't have Right, right um, <laughs> Is that You know the, the coming home And getting back to real life It, it, it was super hard Yeah, yeah And now I have this Comfortable balance where I'm home now, and I just book myself the rest of the year. I know that like Max has come with me to Chicago, and right. then I'm gonna leave there and I go back. Then Max will come with me uh, in the summer, right. uh, and then I go to Europe for seven days, and he goes to Nana Camp every summer in July. So we plan it so he's, you got it. Yeah, my sons right. in Chicago, uh, Moon's here, and I'm in Europe. I come home, we all meet together somewhere, and then we do something. Right, right. right. So I'm very lucky. I'm, but my to go, which I've been talked about, is one life one chance that I could speak I at schools.
1: And and we and that is <laughs> that is exactly how we're ending Here's it. Here's a closer. No, it is. It's the closing question. So yeah. Obviously, Obviously, like, you know, one life, one chance, like the, it is, um, it's so funny cause I'm sure you've noticed this too, where I find a lot of like, you know, dudes in bands or whatever, like once they kind of get off the road, like a lot of them take up teaching because there is like some sort of mimicking feeling of like getting up in front of people. And like, obviously like, talking, yeah. right. Like there's some correlation there that gives them the same feelings. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, subconsciously it was the same idea as what you had with h2o where you're like hey let's play to people who have no idea what hardcore is like yeah. i need to take this message to the schools to show like yo like i've done cool shit and i don't have
3: to be you know completely annihilated and ebrated yes. whatever totally. um and if you sense it's not really the same i mean I'm on the stage with a microphone, yep. yes. Yep. Uh, when I'm on the this microphone with h twelve they know who I am, what I'm doing there, what I'm about to say. Yep. But at a school, you cannot swear, which I haven't done yet after right, three right. schools. It's I'm so sure, scary. I'm sure you were you just cannot, sitting he, up there and be like, oh. You oh. cannot swear. I've never had the most fear in my life, like the first school I did. Sure. After that, it's all good. Yeah. But, you just had to do it once. But you're, to... you're going there pretty much as this tattooed. All they know is you're a tattoo musician from a band. They don't know anything about your band, which I don't care if they do. You're right. Uh, And they see you walk on stage and then you give a powerpoint presentation about your life. The different people who passed away from drugs and alcohol, the people who inspired you, the people that couldn't still inspire you who are like successful athletes or musicians who do not party. Um, But they're looking at you and just full on like arms crossed judgment until you're done, and then they realize, oh wow, this guy's legit. Yeah. But uh, the thing that the thing that I like about it the most is for the kids is that the connection is is so real and it's so it happens so fast. And I'm not a guy with a suit on. I'm not a guy saying I'm a recovering addict. You're relatable. I'm relatable. I'm not a cop. I'm not a teacher. I'm not your parent. I'm just a dad with tattoos who's in a band who just happened to like. Live this lifestyle, of course, and I'm breaking. I'm breaking stereotypes of musicians who you always see in the news for being in rehab or overdosing or cheating on their wives or being this. Well, you can see, see the thing, like
1: the thing that I think you're trying to subvert is obviously the the like you said a lot of the cliches that exist. like uh, people assume that that so many because you were in a band you must do this. But when you get up there, showcase the fact that. You started this stuff, like being in a band and being active in a music scene, when you were in high school. I think so many kids don't make that correlation where they're like, oh, you mean I can start like now, like when I'm 16? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. like seeing you in front of them being like, oh shit, he did that. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's like. But, it, but also, I make sure I, I
3: say they should have a plan B and C. Of course. Because Well, you didn't. I, I didn't, but right now, the speaking's my plan B. The speaking's <laughs> a plan B for okay, I'm telling you. But if I hadn't lived this life of doing all this music and these <clears throat> experiences in my life, I wouldn't have nothing to talk about. So True. I'm glad I did that. And like, my ultimate goal would be doing this full time all during the school year. And in, in the summer, I just go play festival shows. That'd be right. amazing. That's what you want. But right now, it's not that because it's super hard. There's lots of red tape and there's lots it's such a big process of getting to of a course. school of course. um but what we're working on now yeah. is trying to get uh raise money in our, our own way with good fundraising and stuff so we can go to all these schools so i see animals go through on my phone every single day they have no money who yep. need us the most So then we can go okay we're gonna come to all your schools we got it we're gonna take care of it yeah because yeah. all i need to do is just get there just get me there yeah totally so get, get, um,
1: get there get you in a room with some kids that's
3: it that's it so that's that's our goal right now. It's been five years this month, right? And uh, I've been to like over thirty schools, and mostly it's all it's just all grassroots DIY of style, of course. Yes. From, from the internet or people who are fans of my band. Who now they're on the PTA or their teachers or their of police officers. Right, right, right. But then it started spreading from those schools to other schools. Hey, this guy just came, check it out. Then I started getting schools just on the strength of what other principals were saying about my visit. Of course, which is great. That is so. Yeah. I mean, my, my main thing is my main influence was having a son and seeing how scary it was, and wanting to give him a great life and all also seeing what kids are exposed to on these freaking iPhones and on YouTube and on everywhere what kids can... They have, f- they have the entire world at their fingertips. They tips. do. And it's like, there's no role models. Like, for me, it, it was... It was it was from listening to records. It wasn't uh, a rapper on the radio. It was people where I read interviews and fanzines. It was people who got thank you lists on records said, oh check out this man. Oh my god, I, love, I can yep. relate to this. So for for us growing up, it was different role models, and I feel like I didn't have a father figure, so I did look to Ian McKay, Kevin Seconds, uh, Ray Capo, right. um, so many different uh, frontmen or, or just people in bands I looked up to because I could relate to the message. And kids don't have that. I feel like kids just have like this like. I don't know what they have I mean uh, yeah it's
1: just well it's just kind yeah. of like out there it's like every every quote-unquote role model from like a sports star to a celebrity or whoever they they themselves usually say like you know don't look at me as a role model like don't look at me as a hero and yeah, it's but, like
3: yeah that's true I, I know yeah uh, and but have, then there's like you know the Kardashians are like probably with some of the biggest role models for the yeah. youth right now right and I feel like um, what what values are they what, what, what values are they pro- yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know and it's right like, and that's not, not, not to diss them because they're no. doing their thing they got their hustle that's good but i feel like there needs to be this i'm not trying to say i am the role model for yeah, these these yeah, yeah. you're, you're you're so, you're the solution it's i'm like just saying no, you're I'm, offering an option i'm offering an option here's my friend cj wilson he's been straight edge his whole life he's yep. a pitcher for the angels totally here's Hilly williams she doesn't party chaffin new from glory cm punk number one wrestler right you know what i'm saying these are all my friends who are highly successful and they don't yeah. they don't have to party right and and then and, and they made right smart decisions that's what i try to give the kids like these are some role models these are some people i think that um here's some people you look at like that you can look at their path and understand that you don't have to
1: you don't have to follow it exactly, but understand yeah. that that they're in places of prominence because of of their focus and their ability to obviously not yeah. be swallowed up by the quote unquote system. And, and
3: I know people are people, and the kids are going to try things and they're going to experience things, yep. and that's just part of life. But my main thing is like, hey, you, ha- you have you have a couple options in life. You could choose this path, that path, or that path. Right? You know, just be smart about it. Yeah. I'm letting you know that I I, cho- I, I chose the best path I could do with you know. People always say like, oh, it's my parents' fault. I grew up with one parent right. and i feel like I, I turned out pretty good so don't blame everything on your parents look to your relatives as your role models but like and ask kids like who are your role models is it like Nicki minaj is it Lil right, Wayne? Right. who uh who is it who Right. who was in jail for having a gun in new york or you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's just like just so many different yeah kids kids can kids have so many options yeah. they have way more options for role models than i had but their options to me personally aren't well, you're crippled, and they're also crippled by choice. Like, they don't, you know, yeah. it's like, there's
1: so many, like, where are you even going to look to? But I'm very excited you're doing that because it's exactly, like I said, it's applicable exactly in the same way that what you tried to do with H2O, where you were taking this, the principle of, of what you learn in a sort of, whatever, hardcore punk world yeah. and apply it to the real world. Because otherwise, like,
3: sure. there it's not going to be perpetuated otherwise. So. It's not. The support from it, from every single... All types of friends I have friends who aren't even straight edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. friends who aren't even positive. Right. Um, just, like, just <laughs> yeah. friends in general just stoked that I'm doing, of st- doing something like that, and that it's working, and uh, people want to help. And um, yeah. yeah, it's it's been really great. And it's exciting because of that. I've been Ian McKay was like one of my idols growing up, and like he knows what I've been doing. I've seen stuff that he's talked about me at schools, and yeah. I didn't do it to, to get. I, what I'm doing is not to get recognition from people that inspire me to do it. Right, but to have somebody like that mm-hmm. who was such a roma with me backing it and think that it's really cool and something positive taking from that movement absolutely makes me so happy yeah like yeah. it makes me super stoked like oh it's almost like your dad gave you the thumbs up a like, good job right you know what i mean that's like, all but, anybody but, ever wants but, but, <laughs> but, it's, but yeah, it's not yeah. like i did it for that it just so happens that i was i was in the cover of my of a newspaper first time in my entire life not even h2o and in the background was a minor threat picture and the police officer sent it to ian and i saw it, it was it's just, it just awesome yeah it's like, just little things like that yeah. and like i do it because i love it you know we're definitely struggling you know we definitely need money to get to schools and that's all we need the money for right I mean I I love doing it more than anything and and you know the you, energy, feel, you th- feel like that it, it's a different high too it's like it, it's a, it's the next chapter it's the next chapter that's exciting it's I have a nonprofit 51c3 which took almost a year and a half to get It was very very difficult yeah those aren't easy and um, I have a great board of people, and like everybody's focused this year. And uh, last year was kind of hard. There was a lot of schools coming through, but I know a lot of budget cuts. Yeah. So yeah. we just we're just figuring out how we can make this happen for off the internet of all the emails to real life, right? You know, and also get different ways to raise money and make people more aware of what we're trying to do because I don't think there is a dare anymore.
1: Yeah, not it's it's yeah, to it's be not there, really and it's yeah. like
3: I had people come to my school and talk about not doing drugs, and when you go there and you, you, you yell at kids, tell them what they're to do, they're going to go outside and do exactly what you told him not to do. Of course. That's why... Same with being on H two on stage and on stage at schools. I never preach, never said don't do this, don't do that. I'm just going to speak about my experiences, and if you relate to them, that's awesome, right? Because if that's, if that's kid, inspiring to you, that's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that that's that's the mission. You know, sometimes if they say why why you look so young, I say oh because I'm a vegan. Yeah, this yeah. Is why. <laughs> exactly. Um, gorilla biscuits and like gorilla biscuits. Sorry, right. I don't really talk about the veganism thing there because that's another thing that would really scare people sure. at the schools. But when, almost every school they ask you how can we you look young? Or, how can we have so much energy? How can we still skateboarding? And I say well you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. his
3: diet since '88, and like right. some kids, are like, oh, I, you know, I'm gluten free or um. Uh, I can't have any dairy, or like right. some kids start raising their hands. Oh, I'm vegetarian, or yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. that stuff you have to be kind of careful about. Because of course. well,
1: yeah, you, gotta, you 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 sneak it in the back door, so to speak. Yeah. Where it's just like
3: it's just another. It happens. With the que- it happens. comes in the questions on the yeah, Q&A yeah, yeah, every yeah. time. I'm almost like, it's exciting though. So I'm like, I mean, I, I love to see anybody from my graduating class in 1988 come <laughs> skating ramp with me <laughs> or jog with me. Sure, or, sure. Um, yeah, fit fit, anything. For, fit for 40, right? That's what yeah, you say yeah, all the yeah, time, right? Always. This is, have a push-up <laughs> contest because uh, I. I'm pr- I'm, pr- I'm proud of this music that got so yeah. much either negative Absolutely. or positive backlash like, uh, uh, about how like punk rock's crazy and skateboarding is crazy that like, i was just talking to my friend on the phone is now he's like "Ah, uh, you guys want to someone to skate tomorrow i was like "Ah, uh, we really didn't skate growing up our parents really didn't allow it because they, they thought that skateboarders had a bad rep right and i'm like man that, but look at it now look, yeah, at, yeah, look, at, two, now. look, look
1: at 2015
3: man at, <laughs> you know, i'm just saying like all this stuff that my mom thought i was crazy or kids at school made fun of me about or people thought i was worried about has helped me stay healthy and feel like i'm so young because yeah, yeah, of this yeah. because of this stuff that right. inspired me and like that's incredible though i just love to see the same people now who are making fun of me then right and see what kind of path their life took sure exactly because when i was a guy being called gay for not having a girlfriend <laughs> and i was going to take my skateboard to the prom <laughs> and all this stuff I, seriously man yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, i'd love to see that not not to be like oh i'm better not than to rub it looking. in your face but but not to like, that but it's like yeah you know i feel like this music has guided me on a on a Awesome path, right? Exactly to where we're here right now. (laughs) Am I talking talking too much?
1: (laughs) No. Well, Toby, we 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 did this. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I know it's been a
3: long time, and I'm no, I'm you. No, I appreciate it. It, I appreciate you. I
1: appreciate all the things you
3: do too for the animals and for everything. Stop, stop, I'll stop.
1: So that was Toby. Hopefully, that was educational for you. He's just he's a great guy, right? I mean, like you can totally tell from that interview, like what he's gone through, all of these different avenues that he has explored in his life to be able to just ultimately pursue what it is that makes him happy which is obviously music and that's all that we're trying to do in some capacity just stay connected to that thing that brings us life which is music or art or whatever it is just try to hold on to that as long as you can because the moment you kind of let go of it and when i say let go i don't mean like let go like oh dude you're not going to every show or you're not checking out the newest band or movie every weekend it's like everyone needs to make concessions in their lives but you still need to have those touchstones. You still need to have those things that are meaningful to you and are dear to you and give you life. So Toby is a prime example of that and I really appreciate him and especially shout out to my friend Jeff who is helping him with the One Life, One Chance Foundation and uh, you can find that very easily on the internet. And, uh, it's a great thing where Toby goes into schools, speaks about his experience with straight edge and positivity and leaves kids with a very, very positive message, which at the beginning of the show I was alluding to was just, just such a great component of what it is that Toby is as a person. So the producer as always is Tom Richfield. Visit the show's website, 100 wordspodcastcom Sign up to the little email news blast I send out once a week, which gives you a little bit more context on the show and how these interviews take place and just any other anecdotes I can share to you. And you can do that. There's a little little email box you can type in there. And uh, next week is the three-year anniversary. And I'm not going to tell you that it's some, like, massive blowout, but there will be some new things that I'm excited to share with you. So, until next week, be safe, everybody.
2: Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check
4: out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms.